The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 7, Episode 3, Fauna and Flora. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we were not smart enough last time to do this in one episode. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And I'm still not smart enough, but we're going for it anyway. <laughs> um, I, we thought that there was enough in the last podcast to keep going. So we're going to start this podcast by talking about examples of where we think people did um, Flora and Fauna wrong in a fantasy or science fiction setting. And then we're going to actually do some brainstorming, um, see, see what we can come up with. Um, but... First off, I actually want to uh, add a caveat or a retraction from last week. You know, we, it's, it's, uh, in science fiction, we often pick on the one ecology planet, um, like Star Wars does, the ice planet or this planet. And um, actually, we were talking about it. Those are space operas. They are saying what is awesome, not what is, what is mm-hmm. realistic. And in those stories, what is awesome is actually what you're, they're shooting for. And I think it works just fine. Yeah. And so, you know, listeners, if it's the right type of story, if you just want to write a story about a jungle planet and that's awesome to you, and you're not worrying about is this scientifically rational, go for it if I, it's the I, right type of story. I admit that it was not until I was in college taking an ecology class before I realized that the one ecology planet was ridiculous. Yeah. Because it was just so awesome yeah. that... Of course it's true. Yeah. And, you know, Dune was able to pull it off, so it is possible to do it scientifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're well, writing an adventure Dune, story... Even with Dune, there were yeah. different desert ecologies yes, between there were. The, the poles and the equator. Um, I would argue that if you're going to do, uh, do a one ecology planet, try and do it like Dune did. You want to do a jungle yeah. planet? Okay. There is a swath of planet that is jungle, and the rest is ocean. And maybe yeah. between the jungles, there's different jungle ecologies. Right. And if you can come up with a good reason for it to be a jungle planet, that might be the story seed that your adventure needs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think you can do it a step up. Though, again, to give Lucas credit, he doesn't have time in the you mm-hmm. know 15 minutes they're on Hoth 
to go about doing that. He gets a bad rap for that. For that, I think that you know he did well, a good job with and, that. And to be fair, I mean, we have ice planets in our solar system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's um, you let's just go can't ahead breathe and, outside. But right. That caveat made, and that can probably be applied to a lot of things we're going to talk about here. Yes. Let's talk about some of the some of the books or films we've seen that have actually done a poor job and why. Okay, here's the most egregious example that I love to come back to is the movie Pitch Black with Vin Diesel, which I actually quite like. As a science fiction horror film, it's great. But this is a planet that is incredibly barren, has no significant plant life, no animal life as far as I can remember, except for the hundreds of thousands of apex predators who can all fly and see in the dark which they somehow managed to evolve into on a planet that is only dark one night out of every who knows how many decades. The rest of the time, it's always light. Um, and they, there's nothing to eat, so I don't know why they're huge and fly. And It's just ridiculous. The, the evolution that created that monster is the most ridiculous thing ever. But it okay. makes monsters, for a cool They monster. burst out of the ground every 10 years, and they say, I wonder if anybody's crash-landed here that we can eat this time. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. And for all I know, the, you know there's like um, back, backstory fiction existing somewhere that explains that they were genetically created and planted there. I have no idea. But it's a silly, silly monster that kept pulling me out of the story mm. because th that can't exist under yeah. normal nature. I have a similar problem with uh, with Twilight, um, mm. in that you take vampires, which you know immortal predators, mm -hmm. uh, prey on humans, and um, and and historically they have this this flaw, which is they can't go out in the, into the sunlight, and and they are the undead. You know they can't actually reproduce except by biting other vampires. I mean, uh, creating other vampires by by yeah. biting people. But in Twilight. She's gotten rid of the, they can't go out into the sunlight because they will burst into flame. So they have no natural flaw. They have no predator. And they can interbreed with people. So I'm like, why is the planet not overrun not with... all vampires. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would because totally they're be... all sad. <laughs> <laughs> if they sparkled more, they wouldn't be sad. <laughs> she... she <t> <laughs> We forgot to mention that uh, we have a Care Bear sitting in with us today. Um, I no. just love vampires. <laughs> she, she took away their vulnerability to sunlight and gave them a deep vulnerability to ennui. <laughs> You're Actually, right. I think the ecological problem with vampires and the, the reason for all this, they're, they, they're controlling their own population because millions of years ago when the planet was absolutely covered with them, all of that sparkling resulted in massive global warming, and they just didn't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, now, on the flip side of that coin, and I cannot remember the name of this movie, but Ethan Hawke had a movie uh, just this year, um, which was a future Earth in which the vampires have literally overrun it, and they come into a food shortage problem because there's not enough humans left to drink, and they start ranching them, which I thought was a brilliant premise for a science fiction horror story. There's a comic by uh, Chris and Bobby Crosby, I think, called Last Blood, a similar concept where, you know, you've got vampires who have, you know, basically overrun the humans, and then we have a zombie outbreak, and the vampires realize if we don't save the humans from the zombies, we have we're no all dead. And so the vampires and the humans have to save up, or have to team up in order to survive the zombies and the humans really have no choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's All awesome right. 
other um, other stories. Okay, and... here's one that I want to talk about because right. I think it does some things very poorly and it does some things actually really, really brilliantly, which is the movie Avatar by James Cameron. And that gets a lot of bad rap um, for being kind of a cliched story, but the ecology that he presents is actually pretty well thought out for the yeah. most part. And I thought that the concept of the interconnected web of consciousness in the planet was actually fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and thought he did a good job. He mixed the visuals of, gee, this is awesome, mm-hmm. with, some, with some nice science. What are the parts that you didn't like? Well, one of the things that bothered me was the fact that the, uh, the aliens, the Navi or whatever they're called, are bipedal. Yes. yes. Every other creature from whatever mm-hmm. obvious Hexapodal. related family um, were, had, had six limbs. Yep. And the humans didn't. And this is something that maybe we want to talk about because... He made that for a very marketing choice. Yes, it's he kind did. of the going back to if it's awesome, do it anyway. Yeah, he needed something people could identify right. with. Yeah, the uh, the design choice that they and this is this is a quote. The design choice uh, question that they kept coming back to when they were looking at her because they designed her first mm-hmm. was quote Would you want to do her? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so they kept making her more human, which meant that although everybody else had nostrils on the sides of the neck, she got a nose. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, um, yeah. Now he did. I'll, I'll, I'll play Cameron advocate. Well, not really, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll mention that he did come out and say, okay, um, I intend sequels and I'm going to explain how the Navi got human DNA or whatever mixed with them to turn them into bipedal humanoids. Which is kind of cool. Um, which, you know, he, he, was, he, he said that, but... We'll see if that's just backpedaling, but yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It does pull you out of the story, and that's what we're talking about no, right in, here. Uh, yeah. The Moden... issue is it's, it pulls you out of the story. And if, if they had just hung a lantern on it, and mm-hmm. this is something maybe to suggest to you listeners, mm-hmm. um, you want to do something because it's awesome, or because it just you need it to to have empathy, you know, or whatnot. Adding one line where someone says, "You know, this is pretty weird." I yeah. wonder what the reason and for this is. it only would have taken yeah, that's one all we line. The movie was three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> there could have been one spot where the dumb Marine who doesn't know anything says, so wait, why do these guys all look like us? Mm-hmm. And someone says, well, we're looking into that. Okay, I'm fine yep. with yeah. that. In Moden God's Eye by Niven and Pornell, Ooh, yeah. we have uh, intelligent life that has uh, two arms on one side of the body, yeah. one arm on the other side of the body, and, and two legs. And when they get to their planet, all of the lower life forms are hexapodal. You know, they, mm-hmm. have, uh, they have six limbs. <clears throat> and the reasoning behind this is that these folks actually had a nuclear war, and the survivors had a mutation that gave them one really strong arm on one side of the body, which proved to be, for them, a survival advantage. And so the higher life forms, you know, all shared this one mutation— Mm-hmm. Um, and were were markedly different from all the rest of the life on their planet. I, I will say that Moten God's Eye is is actually a really interesting book to look at for flora and fauna. Yeah, as um, as ways to take the ooh, this is a really cool idea and run with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Niven and Pornell I felt did a really good job in a lot of their books yeah. with um with the ecology world building. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. 
They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, but let's actually stop for a different book of the week that we are going to choose to promo, and we're going to hand this to Howard. This week's book is Speaker for the Dead by Orson Scott Card. The plot uh, hinges around fascinating biology stuff uh, and ecology stuff and the relationship between the, the animals. You know, basically, the relationship between the flora and the fauna um, is much different than what we're accustomed to here. Um, and I, you know, people and, who read um, pickups for the Speaker for the Dead expect it to be Ender's Game again. It is not. It oh, is yeah. a brilliant yes. book with a completely different premise, and that it's almost as opposite from Ender's Game <laughs> as you can get. Don't go into it expecting Ender's Game. Whether or not you like Ender's Game, if you love it, love this one for a different reason. If you yeah. hate it, give this one a try because it's it's actually a serious sort of anthropological slash xenobiological slash ecological study. Xenobiological. Yes. Um, xenobiological murder mystery. Yeah. Yes. There you are. Just brilliant, brilliant book. Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Kick off a 14-day free trial membership and uh, speaker for the dead or any other of the fine books that Audible has. uh, You can have a listen to for free. Okay. Um, Second half of this podcast, we're actually going to do some world building ourselves with the flora and fauna. And I'm going to bring us back to our world where um, meteorites fall from the sky and give people the power to mutate others. And I'm going to force the podcasters to come up with some cool flora and fauna for this this world. Okay. Well, there's different places we could start. Yes. One is we could go back and look at what was the baseline here? You know, was it bipedal, yeah. you know, reflected uh, bilaterally kind of life forms like we have on Earth? Mm-hmm. Or was it something else? The other option is we could just start looking at what's cool and going with that. Start um, with what's cool. Let's start with what's cool. Yeah. So if we want to have, for example, the, the monster race, the orcs or the trollocs or whatever, mm-hmm. we could, you know, say that they were, they came from a previous mutation that got out of control right. and is now... 
taken over because it's an incredibly dominant life form. Well, another thing to look at is, you know, we talked about how, you know, maybe this, this meteorite dust uh, accelerates mutation on its own. Mm -hmm. um, and the higher up on the food chain, uh, or the, the higher, the smarter an animal is, the more likely it is to have some ability to influence yes. its evolution. So you've got something the size of a buffalo that is really, really tired of being eaten really tired of having predators pick off at the edges of the herd and it suddenly gets this ability to influence magic and then another buffalo in the herd mutates and can now carry weapons and boom you've got trollocs see um i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of push this a different direction um i like this one thing i'm gonna put a rule on this is every cycle of this stuff happening i'm gonna say we only want a few of the mutations to take yes now granted <laughs> this has happened thousands of times mm -hmm. so we can have but what we can have is instead of boom this one can carry weapons i think that's too high concept for even you know a buffalo but the buffaloes have armor you know they grow well, exactly. natural armor or they just really like that food on this tree and so these trees have grown and mutated in a way that the buffalo then can eat them in an easier way something like that let's what happened to the plant life did we have you know, early in the sentient life forms living on this planet, some children, they got this power and made certain plants grow sweet. Made the pizza trees. Yeah. yeah. Pizza trees and, and uh, things that grow all year round, the ever-bearing yeah. strawberry of the, right. the, the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, the other question... Dandelions to... that you blow on them and the little puff of dandelions go out and then it catches fire <laughs> because kids want fireworks to grow in the backyard. Um, now, yeah, the Weasley twins got a law of conservation power. of energy. Let's let's hold to this. Let's, let's ask this: Are we gonna? How are we gonna hold to well, laws of conservation of energy? That's important to think about Ooh. because mm -hmm. you know, if for example, the buffalo suddenly gets the power to make its food easier to get, yeah, does that mean that it suddenly deforests its continent yeah. and dies? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so there could be a lot of barrenness like this because you are messing with the balance and throwing things out of whack and. Fairly catastrophic ways. Yeah. yeah, people could decide, oh, I want this to be seedless. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, then... And suddenly there's no watermelon anymore. Yes. I think there would be big barren patches. I think you're absolutely right on that. In fact, there would be every ecological niche that we have here, there's going to be big swaths of places where 200, maybe 400, maybe 600, whatever, years ago during one of the cycles, someone or something changed something that just caused a mass extinction in this ecology because they killed off the wrong predator or they killed off the wrong herb herbivore or even an insect that caused all sorts of problems mm -hmm. you're also going to have once you've got those barren patches you're also going to have uh the equivalent of you know mutant space kudzu right where somebody looks at a barren patch and says man i you know i've got this ability i need this plant to be able to grow here so that we can so that we can eat it. I'm trying to replant the the wasteland, and now yeah. you have these things bursting out of the wasteland. Super corn that can grow everywhere, mm -hmm. yeah. and suddenly it grows everywhere. So let's um let's give ourselves just another minute or two, but let's zoom it in on one region, because we we just one one little place. So where do we want to do? Do you want to do well, the borderland? Keep it simple. Go Arctic. Keep it simple. Go Arctic. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Let's, simple let's meaning. It. Simple meaning one place, but a place that a story could happen. Let's let's go with something coastal. Something coastal. Okay, coastal. Um, so let's let's put it 
Okay. Well, before before we go on, there's one other thing that I want to point out. Is it seems to me this world would have a wider variety of sentient life yes. than mm -hmm. most planets would. Okay. Yep. And so that's something to consider as we design one particular ecosystem. Yep. Um, one particular. You know what? I'm just going to can of worms this again. <laughs> the brainstorming has to go for a whole yeah, new episode. Yeah, we're gonna. We'll, we won't but do it next. We, uh, we could actually make that our writing prompt. And we could. Mm -hmm. Let's do. Let's do that. Writing prompt. Excellent writing prompt, Mary. Let's um, send people. We're gonna pick one region and just do some world building on your own and focus on the flora and fauna. Um, less on the sentient life, but include it. But look at the, the the base plants and the base animals that would exist in this ecological region. In our um, in our weird world here. Well, and since this is a shared world, go ahead and post it in the comments. Yeah, post it in the comments. Someone someone smart out there create a wiki for us. <laughs> All right, this writing has been writing excuses. excuses Tonia. <laughs> for, for writing excuses, Tonia. You couldn't come up with something a little more easy to roll off the tongue there, Dan. No, sorry. Okay, this has been Fauna writing. writing horrific. <laughs> writing excuses, Tonia. I think it could you... just be. Excustonia. <laughs> Excustonia. Excustoria. Excustoria. Oh. That's oh. a pun in like three different directions. I oh, love it. Please, please wrap this episode and let us out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You're out of excuses and so are we. Go right. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.